Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. All right, welcome back to Good Card, Bad Card. Um, I got the Hall of Famer with me today. How's it going, Ryan? It's, it's, it's going, Graham. It's going. I haven't done this in, well, I don't know, when was the last time I did it with you? I, I thought about that. It's a long time ago. It was the start of last year. And then you, I know you appeared on like a couple of episodes when Matt wasn't available. And then you dropped in on Mags just to annoy him. And yeah, um, yeah. yeah that's a while ago. That is, that is a long time ago. I realized as I was introducing you as the Hall of Famer, you're actually the second Hall of Famer on because I forgot Mason was inducted this year as well. So um, doesn't have I forgot about that too. Chris. Yeah, it doesn't have quite as much prestige as it used to have. But yeah, now he's, um, I don't know about officially retired from podcasting. He's definitely on a hiatus. I don't know if you ever officially retire. It feels like it's one of those things that kind of uh, drags you back in again. I, I, I've kind of noticed a few parallels as well. So um, obviously with wrestling, I think everyone has that story with wrestling, but they watched it and then they stopped watching it and then they kind of got back to it. And I just suddenly realized as I was talking to you before we were, while we were getting this episode set up, that it's exactly the same with cards like i collected cards early 2000s and then i didn't collect cards at all didn't even really think about them at all and then gradually it's kind of got me back in again and as i'm following groups on facebook that seems to be the story that you were a card collector you're not a card collector and then suddenly you're back into card collecting again i wonder if it's the same thing with podcasting as well i, I don't know i guess i'll find I, out at some I, point. I think you make the good point wrestling you know i think that especially people in my generation you know, we'll, we'll say some some years shy of 40 because it's nicer than saying any real numbers. Um, you know, the Attitude Era, the Monday Night Wars, it was such a big thing. It was a cultural thing. It wasn't an age thing. It's everyone was watching it. But then there was that point, and, and I feel like this might be, to Mason's point, high school. Like that, that point where you're kind of like your interests are shifting a little bit. You're now thinking about college. You're thinking about what you're actually going to do with your life. You probably have a job, you know, uh, you're thinking about girls or guys, you know, like there's a lot of things that are going on. You know, mm -hmm. I stopped watching wrestling probably around, I don't know, 18. And I didn't really pick it back up until I was 20. Picked it back up when I was like 21, 22, and then I dropped out again, and then I picked it up. Uh, <clears throat> whenever, whenever WWE, CW, so like 2006, 2007, right before the PG era, and then I stopped. And then CM Punk kind of made his rise. Sorry, Matt. And, <laughs> well, I mean, Punk, Punk, I think Punk was a lot of people coming back because it was something yeah. new, it was something fresh. Absolutely. Um, it was an it was an indie style that yeah. we hadn't seen in the WWE. But yeah, no, cards too. Like I I, I played um we, we talked about this when we we're <clears throat> kind of putting this together. I played uh, Magic the Gathering when I was mm -hmm. younger, um, Pokemon, um little bit of Yu-Gi-Oh! It wasn't mm -hmm. really Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh! weren't really my jams, but my friends were playing it, so I, I bought them. Sure. Um you know, I, I don't really play a lot of card games, but um, the Final Fantasy trading card game, which we will get to at some point in the future. 
Um, episode. Um, yeah, we had to switch. Originally, <coughs> I said, let's do that. But I needed an episode. And I knew today was a good recording day. And I said, I don't think I can get those cards in time. And I did win an auction on eBay. So I got a set of 65. I have no idea what any of them are. But with 65, I'm pretty sure I can find a good, a bad, and a wild. Um, I'll twist it somehow. But yeah, no, they have not arrived yet. So I said, let's do the wrestling one. Because obviously, I got wrestling stuff. I got plenty of stuff I could pick from. And what I kind of forgot was I had a lot coming this week. So I've actually picked, uh, I picked some items from the stuff that arrived this week as well. But I, I think with cards... You know, you mentioned you do it when you're a kid. Mm-hmm. And then there's most people have this long period in their life where they just don't do it. N- now, I did um, I did go through a, another phase of, of magic cards in my late mid to late 20s. I started buying them frequently again. But in general, I, you know, I, I didn't. And I think the reason behind that, and I think this would be the reason for a lot of people, is when you get a little older and you're kind of settled in. Now you've got essentially disposable income. You've already figured your shit out. You bought your house. You bought your car. The big expenses are kind of taken care of. Oh, I got an extra 50 bucks lying around. I don't have to worry about tomorrow. I can just buy some stuff. That's that's definitely significant. Yeah, that's um, yeah. Now I'm, I'm going to say I'm in a position where it's kind of a lot easier. If I see something I like, I'm like, I'm going to get that. Like I can, I can do that. There's yeah. more disposable income around. Um, for all the bad things that happened, obviously during COVID, in terms of saving money, it, it was huge. We uh-huh. didn't spend anything. We didn't go. Nobody was going anywhere. Yeah. Like no one was afraid to go out. You were, you were eating, and that was about it. Nobody was eating out, obviously. So everyone was eating yeah. at home. So that's another one that you say. So yeah, we were just kind of saving money, and there was all yeah. the bonus money that was coming in as well. Those checks, and um, we, yeah, we. We safe. went through the uh, the house buying process in 2021, you know, mm-hmm. still mid-pandemic. Yeah. You know, and it was, <clears throat> you know, it was mainly because we could save money because we weren't going, you know, and, you know, going back to disposable income over the past year, I've, I've changed careers and I've, you know, uh, <laughs> as it was put to me, you need to get some more expensive hobbies because I'm still living the same way I lived at half the salary. Uh-huh. Because that's just how, you know, I've no matter throughout my entire life, no matter if I've made a lot of money or a little money, I've always kind of lived the same way. Yeah. And now I've got an excess, which is a good thing to have, but I'm kind of like, oh, what do I do with it? And we're going to talk about some of what I'm doing with it uh, as this episode goes on. <laughs> hey, we, we definitely are. Uh, I told you before we started, I said, I need to look for a picture. Um, the reason I want to look for the picture, uh, we're recording on March 2nd. And as I just happened to be scrolling through Facebook, um, I saw that there was the on this day feature. And something came up on this day from four years ago that um, I thought would definitely be worth mentioning to you. So um, the post says, quote, um, I just had an interview for Jackson's podcast with a trash can that can rattle and if rattle gets translated into English. How is everyone else's Saturday? It's crazy to me that that was four years ago. That. Well, he's, he's just turned nine, so I know we did it for, like, his fifth birthday. But, but it it's, was it's, one of those things that I didn't realize. Obviously, I didn't remember the exact date that we recorded that. And it it wouldn't come up until, obviously, today. And it just happened that I noticed it before we recorded. And I was like, well, i got to share that with you. And i got to ask, obviously, how is Trash Can as well? Uh, still a trash can. Uh, uh-huh. Minimal rust. So that's good. <laughs> Uh, I think he's primarily being used for storage these days. 
Okay. But, uh, you know, he's, he's enjoying uh, his uh, semi-retirement. Uh-huh. It is a moment that will, I don't know how much Jackson will remember about it, but you obviously saw it from your perspective, but my perspective um, was phenomenal. The fact that there was technical issues, and I'm doing air quotes right now, and um, suddenly the trash can that was there that was moving around, and then suddenly it started speaking, and it was, it was the whole thing was amazing. And I, that and little boy totally bought into it. You guys went into so much trouble to... Well, that's, uh, that's the thing is, like, I think, you know, we both, when when given that opportunity it was just like all right let's have fun with it let's not just you know because i mean he's he's five and for the most part he's not gonna like we could have done the bare minimum and it wouldn't have mattered because he's fine he would have been fine yeah he would have been fine with it but it was so much more than the bare minimum (laughs) I did listen back to it, actually, uh, recently, as I was transferring files across, and I found that that particular episode, I was like, oh, I got to listen to this, because I haven't listened. It was a fun episode. It was a really fun episode. Jackson's um, obviously come a long way since that. I've just recorded JGB with him before I recorded with you. Um, but his like his speech was so broken at that point, like trying to ask a question. There were so many likes, uh, uh, and then the questions didn't always necessarily make sense. But you, like I say, you played with it perfectly. I mean, hell, I'm, I've been doing things like this for years and years and years and years, and I still can't talk. So the fact that he was able to do it at all <laughs> at five years old is pretty impressive. It, it was, and it was, he will be the only kid probably ever who you would pick up from daycare at age four and a half. And most kids want to go play with their toys or want to play a game with them or play outside. And he'd be go, can we record a podcast? And that's what he wanted to do. He wanted to talk. And um, it, it's also you know, a different generation, though. You know, it's 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 a different time now. Like you, you and I, we didn't grow up with multimedia. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I was, <clears throat> you know, I uh, we've talked about this hundred times before. You know, I went to film school. I've always been interested in movies and yeah. TV shows and stuff like that. And I had a, you know, a camcorder when I was young. But there was nowhere to put that kind of stuff. There was no YouTube. There was, I mean, now kids got TikTok. You know, yeah. you've got a, you've got a 15 second attention span, and it's just, you know, I'm sure there's kids that are younger than Jackson who are just getting home, and the first thing they want to do is get their hour of screen time or whatever, so they can record TikToks. Yep. Oh, uh, for sure, definitely. I, I see kids now younger than what Jackson was, and they're already putting content out, and it's, uh, yeah, it, it's crazy. Uh, but yeah, he's still it's still hard to believe that he's a year younger than when Mason first started. And when I compare the two, Jackson at nine is obviously far, far better than what Mason was at age 10, just because he's had those. I know it's not probably 10,000 hours, but that basic theory of the more you practice, obviously, the better. Oh, you yeah. can get it. And, sure. um, he has. He's been doing it for he's been surrounded by it for four and a half years or five years. And he just kind of picked it up. He wanted to be part of it. And um yeah, still want, still wants to do it. Yeah, I think JGB put out twenty seven episodes just of the baseball podcast last year, so he was he was putting out content on a regular basis last year. So, and uh, meanwhile, to... meanwhile Mason, he's done talking about it and he's on to doing. It, it, absolutely, yeah. Um, I don't think we talked about it on um, Good Cop Bad Cop, but he was an alter. He didn't make states. Um, he just missed out, but he didn't. He didn't think that he would as a freshman. Uh, but he was an alternate, so if anybody got injured or anything, that he would have been in that place and had an absolute blast down in Virginia Beach 
Um, I think there was only four, five wrestlers, probably. I think three qualified. Uh, Mason was an alternate, and then there was the captain, which I'm not quite sure what their responsibilities are. Uh, but he had an absolute blast. He had an absolute yeah. blast doing it. And as it, soon as that finished, he went straight if, on to lacrosse, and he's now doing that. And if he wants to, someday down the road, if he wants to be that guy he sees on TV, this is the first place to start. You know, I wanted to be a wrestler when I was a kid. My dad signed me up for judo. Mm-hmm. because that's you know judo and jujitsu it's something that a lot of pro wrestlers come from you know you yeah. learn how to fall that that's the yeah. main thing is you learn how to fall um and it's great now because i'm a clumsy not young person anymore and i fall a lot but i know <laughs> how to do it safely kind of except for last uh-huh. year i blew up my shoulder that was fun <laughs> Uh, yeah, it happens. It's always at the unexpected times or you pick up injuries. That's, of course, why they call called accidents. But, um, yeah, he did have, well, my wife keeps referring to it as a concussion. Um, I don't I don't think the doctor said it was a concussion, um, but he was definitely impaired in a small way. So I, I guess perhaps mild concussion. I don't know. But besides that, he's not picked up any injuries. But I have to admit that was a little worrying when he had to kind of leave. You could see he landed awkwardly. And he was holding his head, but then they just said, yeah, you, it was his last match anyway. So it was, he was done. He had to sit out for, I think it was a few days and then he was straight back in. So it was. As, as long as it wasn't SummerSlam 97, Austin and Owen, it's good. If yeah, someone yeah. lands on their head, that's, if they can walk away from it, that's good. Yeah, that's definitely a good sign. All right. How about we get into those uh, cards or whatever items we've got? Let's start off with uh, what you got for you. A good card, then. So my good card, we're doing something special. I have my sealed Series 1 All Elite Wrestling Tops Trading Card Pack. Okay. So I'm going to take a leap of faith and hope that there's a good in here. (laughs) Oh, I thought that was going to be your wild, because you had no idea what it was going to be. Nope. Uh so you, uh, how many packs? There was eight packs, is that right? And then I opened, opened seven, seven already. Yes. Okay. Um, I did also want to mention at the start. I, I've mentioned this on a previous episode, but this is definitely an enabling podcast. Uh, the oh, fact no, for that sure. um, the fact that you went out and said, "Oh, I'm going to go to Target and I'm going to go and buy some cards, even though I haven't bought any in years." And the same with uh, Dan Griffin last week. He was like, "Oh, it's a good excuse to go and order some cards on Amazon." Yeah. And uh, I feel like I'm doing my little bit for the economy. I'm getting people uh, back into cards. They're like, well, if I'm going to appear on the show, I might as well get some new cards anyway. No, you might as well, because I do have some lying around. Yeah. Um, I was never a big wrestling card. I was never a big sports card collector. Um, yeah. And and I wish I was. I, I really do, because it's, it's neat. I, I, I love buying a pack of something and not knowing what's in there. And the excitement when you do get something cool. Mm-hmm. Um. So right off the bat, I'm going to tell you, I don't have a good yet. Um, I'm just looking at the top. How many cards are in each pack? I, I believe there's eight. Okay. All right. So, and the first card is now, now my first complaint, I'm going to say with the, the tops AEW cards, I'm a little disappointed because I feel there's not a lot of information on them. Like, I feel like some of the old WWE cards, WWF cards, whatever, they, the backs 
acted like a sports card. You know, yeah. you had different statistics, maybe a, you know, like a a blurb. Sure. I will say almost 50% of the back of this card is copyright text in the AEW logo. Okay. It, it just, it seems like a bit much. So the first card is um, Mr. Before you tell us about this first card, I'm loving how on the most positive segment of all, you're already being super negative. I, I can't wait to hear what the bad card is. If, if this is a good card, there's loads of criticism. I, I'm really looking forward to the bad card already. I, it's just, it, this, is, this is more of a general criticism about their system, about how they print their cards. Uh, so the first card is Mr. Luchasaurus. Oh, okay. You got a Luchasaurus. Uh, it's it's fine. It's a picture of Luchasaurus. It's that's about it. Uh, I heard Matt mention that apparently they don't have the 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 people who he got that costume from. They don't have the rights to use that. So that card could be a part of that um, suit that's ongoing. I guess. I'm assuming. Interesting. Um, and actually, this goes to something that you were talking about a couple episodes ago. These cards, since they're first edition, have first edition printed on the back. I like mm-hmm. that. I like that. Uh, you know, just like you said with the, the you know, the, the idea of a rookie card for a wrestler. I did see some afterwards that did have that on. So I don't know if it was just the set that I was looking at. I, I'm not sure. But I did notice some other cards had that. I think it might have been the NXT set that had the rookies on them. So mm. it's, but it seems inconsistent, though, which I have a problem with anyway. If you're going to do it, do it for everything or don't do it at all. Yeah, no, I agree. Now, the second card is currently my good card. Okay. Because it is Mr. Brody Lee. Oh, nice. So so that one's winning so far. Uh, yeah, this one's definitely not QT Marshall. Nobody gives a shit. Oh, no, we're going to ignore this one for now because this goes right to my that, And I do wonder, like, I, I, was, I was very indifferent to QT Marshall as well. But I think, isn't he that character, though, that he's so bad that he's actually a really good heel? Like, he kind of gets that emotion from you. And if he's getting that emotion from you, doesn't that make him, by definition, a good heel? I just didn't like the... I didn't like the Nightmare Factory faction, to be honest. Because I felt like they were just Cody's lackeys. Like, that's what they were billed as for a long time, pretty much until he left. Mm -hmm. Um, And now they get to do a little bit more, which I'm a lot... But I feel like... QT was just essentially, he was a, I'm trying to think of a, of a good example. He, he was, he was a Dolph Ziggler. He's a Dolph Ziggler. He's sure. a mid-card jobber. Uh-huh. He's, he's there to put people over. Um, but I thought he did a great job of that. So the two AEW events I took Mason to last year on his birthday, like I wasn't thinking when he came out, I admit I wasn't very excited. But the work he was doing with the crowd, with different people, it was those people would leave with a story. Like the fact they interacted with him, the fact that he insulted them. I actually thought he made a really good effort of connecting with lots of different people and probably thinking them like, oh, man, this guy sucks. I'm going to boo him next time I see him. So I don't know. I changed my opinion of him a little bit. No, I and I get that. I and and that that happens because sometimes just the character is enough to make you, you know, because obviously we we know because we're normal human beings. There's a difference between heat and I just don't like you. Mm-hmm. Um, great example is Bianca Belair. 
she's super over right now. Everyone loves her. I don't like her. It's not a heel face, nothing to do with it. It's not a man-woman. It's not a black-white. I just don't like her. Uh-huh. That's it, period. You know, full stop. Mm-hmm. I can't wait for Asuka to kick the crap out of her. Um, <laughs> y'all know who I'm rooting for. Um, okay, moving on. Now, I don't really know. They've got a lot of different kinds of special cards. Um, mm-hmm. These ones, I don't really know what their name, but they have a, a little more on the back. Um, oh, they call them main features. Okay. So it's kind of like a holographic, but yeah. not really. Okay. Uh, anyways, it is a uh, Mrs. Brandy Rhodes. Sounds like a refractor card, possibly. I'm not sure. We got good old JR. Mm-hmm. Uh, Abaddon. Big fan of Abaddon. Mm-hmm. And a Mr. Darby Allen. So the winner is <laughs> Mr. Brody Lee. That is my good card pick. A first edition all elite wrestling tops trading card of Mr. Brody Lee, former TNT champion. I'm hoping you got some penny sleeves there so you can uh, took that one away and uh, I yeah I put I actually put them all back in the box <laughs> just for now. Um, they're actually I, I will give them credit they they've got a good card stock to them. Uh-huh. Um, they're 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 comfortable in my hand. Like I don't feel like I'm going to damage it just by holding it, which I feel like a lot of trading cards in general are just on very cheap paper. Um, but this uh, I, I, I got to give them credit. It, it it feels better than previous tops cards I've had in the past. Um, it's nice. It's it's almost like really nice thick photo paper stock. I would agree with that. The the the, the current cards because I've been I got a few from NXT from WWE. They they definitely feel uh, certainly compared to baseball cards. I know you said you weren't really a sports card collector, but certainly that junk era, it it's called that for a reason. It, the cards don't feel anywhere near as high quality, but some of these kind of feel a little glossier and they feel definitely a lot sturdier. You know, I can't wait till you get those Final Fantasy cards because you're gonna know exactly what I'm saying when I tell you they have the best card feeling. Of any card, especially because it's an actual card game. It's mm-hmm. something where they get wear and tear. Their cards are so... I don't... I sleeve my cards whenever I'm playing a game. I almost feel the need not to with them because the cards are so high quality. I don't think they're easily damaged. I nope. actually haven't tried, but I'm curious. I'm going to go grab probably a random one later and try to rip it and see if I can because I don't think I could. Oh. If you if you don't even think you can rip it, then I'm already yeah. That's yeah, almost, it, it's 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 phenomenal how high quality they're. All right, I can edit around. I have no idea what we're talking about. I know no, who, who knows? People are gonna know there was an edit. It doesn't matter. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, there's an edit there. It's fine. It, no, it's, it's all good. It's all good. What, what's your good card? I, it's um, your turn. Well, my good cards is I did have some arrive this week, and um, 
as I was looking through them, I, I was tempted to pick this one. I actually thought this was a really nice card. Um, this is next level. It was Becky Lynch. But really, the one that kind of caught my attention in the lot, because it was, I think it was like 20, 25 cards, um, was really this one. Because I was like, I'm Andre the Giant. I was like, that's like a super significant name. So 2022 Panini, Red, White, and Blue Prism. I'm not sure how many they're limited to. There's no number that's on this. Um, but there's certainly not as many as the standard card. So I was like, I don't have an Andre the Giant card, I don't think. Or if I do, I don't have one that kind of springs to mind. So I kind of like that one. I was like, that's one I got to get in my collection. And there was a few other ones that went with it. And it also kind of resonated with me as well, just because of the uh, the rivalry series on A&E. Um, series 2, Episode 1 last week was um, Andre the Giant and Hulk Hogan. So that kind of got me into that part as well. And I was trying to think, always with my cards, I'm trying to think of that angle. Where can I go with it? When I've got somebody like you who loves to talk about a topic, off the top of your head, no planning or etc. I was like, well, where can I go with some of these cards? Like, I could have picked Becky Lynch and I could have talked about the current rivalry, how she's kind of gone from heel to face and how popular she is now and the storyline going on currently with Raw. I-, I think she won the tag team championships on, what, on Monday, she I She did. Uh, with Lita. That would have been super cool to talk about. Um, but I also thought about what I was talking with Dan Griffin about. And I was like, oh, this is the opportunity where I can kind of link it back into that. So obviously, Andre appeared in, oh gosh, I, I don't remember the film. I've only seen it one time. What film did Andre the Giant appear in? Princess Bride. Thank you, Princess Bride. So I, I thought that might be an opportunity. As Hulk Hogan appeared in uh, Rocky Three. And uh, Dan Griffin and I are adamant that Rocky Four is by far the best Rocky film and that Rocky Three is probably one of the, not the worst one, Rocky Five is definitely the worst one, but it's certainly not in comparison. I thought it would give me the opportunity to, one, ask you about Hulk Hogan's appearance in Rocky Three, but also to ask in general, particularly as you're the film buff, wrestlers appearing in films. Man, that's a really broad, uh, really broad landscape for you to paint there, Ryan. So I'm going to let you start talking. I'm going to go make my dinner. I'll come back in an hour and then I'll come and listen to the, the last part of your talk. All right, I'll, I'll be through my intro by then. <laughs> First and foremost, I want to say uh, I don't like the Rocky movies. Oh, I have very little memory. I know Hogan was in it. Wow. Not but, even the first one. Like, the first one's a classic. Like, it was groundbreaking at the time. I know it's way before you were born, but. Hmm. First Rocky is is a fascinating study on film, um, especially because they, from what I understand, like I said, I'm not much of a historian on the Rocky films, but from what I understand is they did a lot of guerrilla filmmaking instead of getting, um, you know, the, the the proper paperwork to film in certain locations. They just oh. filmed in certain locations and then ran. Oh, um, I did not know the, that. The scene where Rocky is running, you know, the the, the famous, you know, yeah, training montage. Um, a lot of the people who start, like, kind of running with him are not extras. They're people who just happen to be there. And saw that they were filming something. So a lot of the bystanders and everything, those are just people who are just there. Huh. Um, so, yeah, but like, uh, I don't know, Rocky never, uh, you know, off topic, but I'll say it right now. I don't like the Godfather either. Any of them. I think they're trash. <laughs> I, I think they're just shallow. I don't know. I I. 
Wow, I was not expecting this from you at all. But but another God Godfather one's even more shocking. Like if you look on like. I know IMDb can tend to be a little bit uh, populous, like it can be pop, but that's generally one that's well respected. Like, well, except for three, for, everyone like, hates top three. Top ten films of all time. Godfather Two is normally on kind of most people's list. No, I so and, and, and I was, I was, yeah, and I, I, I've seen the first one twice, I've seen the second one twice, and I've seen the third one once. Mm-hmm. Um. But the first time I watched them, I watched all three of them back to back to back, which is like a fucking 12 hour incursion. That's probably why you hate them, then, probably. Maybe. I don't know. I just, I didn't, I didn't get it. Like, I watched them and I went, this? Really? And I Hmm. like classic films. Like, you know, but give me, if, if you, if I want a drama, give me a Schindler's List over a Godfather any day. Oh, okay. All right. So that's that's a qual- that's a quality film. That's a well respected film. So I'm kind of worried now that when I ask you like what's your favorite film involving a wrestler, like if you despise some of those like classic films, I'm a little bit worried. Like you might say The Miz and the Marine or something. I, I don't oh, know. No, it have to be Kurt Angle and Sharknado. Like obviously. Oh, um, was he in Shark? He's in like the third or the fourth or the fifth one. I don't know. <laughs> he's in. One I don't of think them. I ever got as far as four. <laughs> um. Well, no, but. I, I, you know, speaking of Hogan, as, as cheesy as it is, uh, uh, oh God, what was the made-for-TV movie he did? In Thunder in Paradise. Okay, that's not bad. I don't think I was good. It's not bad. It was a TNT original movie. You know, made-for-TV movies don't really have the 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 utmost of quality to them. Um, mm-hmm. Oh God, I, I'm trying to think. Uh, I mean, I could just say Ready to Rumble. That had a lot of wrestlers in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of like a like a series. I'm I'm pretty much trying to think of a movie that doesn't have The Rock in it. I was gonna say that's kind of uh, that does give a lot of options. If oh, you oh no, no, that, that's easy. Never mind. I, the, I, the the best movie with a wrestler in it, where the wrestler is the star and not because he's a wrestler. Uh, they live, Roddy Piper. <laughs> oh, I've not seen that one either. Uh, they live is just brilliant it's political it's science fiction it's over the top goofy action movie it's everything you could want in 80s movie (laughs) with roddy piper in it i'm adding to my notes so i don't forget what the name of it is later Uh, it's well this is that's the movie that uh that the famous line i'm here to 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 kick ass and chew bubblegum and i'm all out of bubblegum that's what that comes from oh okay yeah well, i definitely heard that quote i didn't realize that was what the film was so. oh. yeah that's it's hmm. uh they live is brilliant probably one of my favorite movies of all time it's just such a fun movie there's a there's a street fight in a back alley uh that pretty much plays out like Roddy Piper and Goldust when they have that parking lot brawl at WrestleMania. It, it, it's it's brilliant, it's campy, it's wonderful. It's everyone should see they live if they haven't. 
Adding it to my list. I'm adding it to my list. Yeah, no, I have uh, not seen that one at all. Now, I am kind of interested because um, off air, you shared the fact that I mentioned on episode four that I'd done no prep at all. And you're kind of like Matt, like you can talk well, no matter what. And you actually said you've done more prep for this than probably any other podcast appearance before. And obviously from your first card, you had no prep at all because you didn't even know what was inside the bot inside the pack. So that was totally ad-libbed. And you didn't know, you knew I was going to show you Andre the Giant card because I mentioned it, but I didn't tell you how or what I was what angle I was going to go off on it so that means there's going to be something uh I'm really interested now to find out what's this bad card and what's this wild card so let, let's start with the bad card what you got so it's interesting so I actually just pulled a bad card as well um <laughs> and they both fall into the same the same role now the two cards that I'm holding in my hand right now are a uh a one big swole okay and a uh no. I don't know if you'll know this guy. Stein? Steen? I don't know. He's got, like, white face paint and stuff. Uh, I don't know who he is. Some guy. Are you talking uh, Kevin Steen? Am I just No, him? no. He's he's an AEW. He's got, like, white makeup on his face with black lines on it. Are you talking Sting? Are you just messing around Sting. with Sting. That's how okay. you pronounce it. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. It was so, but such a bad pronunciation. And I, I have a, I actually have within eyesight, um, there's a, like a, a Kevin Steen uh, Ring of Honor figure that I haven't actually opened yet. I got that within a lot. And I was, that's where I was thinking you were going. I was like, well, he's not AEW anyway. And I was really, really confused. Okay. So, so, oh, Sting is a bad card. Well, I think you might be back in Matt's good books after uh, well, your no, earlier comment. Because but... Sting is one of my all-time favorites. Sorry, Matt. Um, <laughs> it's the cards. Okay. So these came in the same pack, and we were—I was just talking to you about how I think that the AEW tops cards had such a fantastic card stock. Mm-hmm. These don't. Now, they are called U. D canvas cards. So these are upper decks, not yeah. tops. Okay. But they come in the same package. Or actually, are all these upper deck? Was I wrong on tops? Whatever. I don't. I don't know. I don't know who fucking made these cards. <laughs> I don't know who makes them. So I can't tell you. Either way. So I think they're supposed to have the feeling like they're canvas, like they were painted on an actual piece of canvas. But in reality, they just feel like really cheap cardboard cards compared to the normal glossy ones that every other card was. Hmm. And that's a bad card to me. I was just talking about the Final Fantasy cards, how I feel like I don't think I could rip them. Yeah. I'd probably have trouble ripping the AEW ones, too. These, I feel like I could rip no problem. Hmm. They feel like old school cardboard trading cards, which is cool if they were all like that. But these ones really stand out and they're supposed to be special. They have different logos on them and everything. And I don't know why. Mm. And I'm just not a fan of it. They don't look painted either. If they looked like they were actually like paintings, they're not, they're just printed images on different cardstock. That's a bad card to me. That is strange. I don't think I've heard of having different, t- like obviously if it's, um. If you buy in the super expensive hobby boxes, which I've never done, um, like I know you can get um, super limited edition things like you can get like the autographs out of 10 and you can get like yeah. used memorabilia um, and things like that. And obviously that's going to be completely different. You're going to have a much thicker card if you've got something that's inserted inside of it. That That's kind of obvious. But if it's just a regular old card, I, I, that's strange why it would be a totally different material. 
Yeah, no, it's weird. And and like I said, it 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 looks like they tried to make it look like it was painted on a canvas. Mm-hmm. But it just it feels so cheap compared to the other ones. I don't know. It's weird. And like I said, this is my first wrestling training cards in years. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is just something they do. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But I didn't like it. So poo-poo on um, them. I am looking. Um, this will be a spoiler alert for later. Um, the AEW cards are up a deck. Okay. My, my my card I'm going to talk about in a little bit. I just suddenly realized it was AEW. So I was like, oh, let me just look. It, it is upper deck. Yeah. Wait, I mean, Tops Upper Deck, they, they do the same thing. It's, yeah. they, they might as well be the same company. Same as Pepsi and Coke. It's just the same thing. Right? Okay, that's not true. <laughs> I'm from New England. I'm sorry. I don't drink either. I drink Moxie. <laughs> I've not heard of Moxie. Is that just a Massachusetts brand then? Uh, no, it's a. It's it's nationwide now because they're they're a subsidiary of Coke now, but it is a regional thing. It's uh it started in I want to say Maine. It could be New Hampshire though. Sometimes I mix them up because they're next to each other. Who cares? Same as each other. Um, it's it's a very divisive drink. Even within New England, some people you either love it or you hate it. There's oh. no in between. That's a, uh, that's a Marmite equivalent in England. Pretty much. It is often described as if you mixed cola and root beer and cough syrup. Oh, okay. It's a very – their their tagline is a distinguishedly, dis, distinguishingly different, I think. Uh-huh. Um, it's, but it's, it's a regional drink. It's – you either love it or you hate it. I was raised on this stuff, so I've always liked it. And I'm pretty sure I'm the reason my local grocery store even carries it, because (laughs) when I first started going there, they maybe had one 12-pack on the shelf every now and then. Now they've got six or seven every time I go. So Mm -hmm. I think I I skyrocketed their their sales, and they went, shit, we got to order more. It sounds to me more like a drink, even if you're a person that likes it, it wouldn't be something you want to drink on like a daily basis or you wouldn't want oh. like two or three cans a day. Oh, it I, could, like I could drink a 12 pack a day. It's so good. Oh, OK. It's so good. <laughs> uh, well, uh, next time I'm up in that direction, I will definitely be trying one. Yeah, but I think uh, even if I liked it from how you're describing it, it sounds like something I would want once a week or once a month at the most. Perhaps I'm yeah. not a diehard moxie person then. Perhaps yeah, I'm. Uh, I'll give you a good idea. Uh, let's see. It wasn't. I want to say it was Survivor Series. A trash can had come over and I offered him a drink and he said, what do you have? And I said, oh, we have water. We have seltzer. And we have moxie. And his exact words were anything but moxie. OK. All right. So you either love it or you don't. That's there's there's my mom hates it. My dad loves it. Can you, so if you went to like a McDonald's in your area, would that no. be one of the options? No, no. Okay, so you got to buy it from the store then. Yeah, yeah, no, it's maybe someday it'll be more. Like I said, I think a year or two ago, Coke uh, purchased them. Um, but they're still brewing out of the same place, same recipe, so I'm happy, whatever. It sounds like they've missed a wrestling opportunity. Like, they should be getting Moxley to sponsor that. Like, it just sounds too close. When you first said it, I thought you said Moxley. But that's because I'm tuned into listening to wrestling terms right now. It's true. And, and, and the last thing I'll say on the matter is, you know the term, you know, oh, that kid, he's got Moxie. Yeah, he's got Moxie, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that term 
comes from the drink. The drink came first. Oh, okay. Oh, I would not have. It, it was back in the 1800s that. where it was, you know, like a like a tincture. It was a uh-huh. tonic, you know. It was just like Coke was. Where oh, the Coke Coca Cola will cure your ales. Yeah, that's what Moxie was. And yeah. so drinking it, you know, people started to oh, you know, he's got Moxie, meaning yeah. he had spunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it came. The drink came first. The phrase came after. Now, I have problems with having lived in the States now for nearly 20 years. I often forget what's English and what's American because they both kind of mm-hmm. merge together. I, if you'd have asked, put me on the spot, I would have short, sworn that that's a phrase I'd heard in England. And if it's such a minor drink and such so regionalized, as you say. The drink is regionalized. The, the phrase is the phrase worldwide. Is it's so weird how that <laughs> happened. I, yeah. I, 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 I went on a very big binge into their history a couple of years ago i was just curious i, I was yeah. curious about that i was like well which came first the, did they name their drink after the phrase or was the phrase named after the drink and i was shocked to find out that the drink came first yeah that's that's really surprising i seem to remember a similar thing with um orange i'm trying to remember which way round it was i think the fruit came first and then they picked the color because it was the color of the fruit where i would assume it was the other way around that's a Good point. I saw something recently that might disprove that, or might oh. might prove it. I'm not sure. Okay. Um, that technically, linguistically, blueberries are the only fruit named after a color. Ah, that would yes. So that would then prove that orange was the way round that I said. Yeah. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> if if either of those things are true, then they're both true. <laughs> that that's right absolutely or something now this is going to be difficult for me to do as my bad one the reason this is bad is i, I can't tell you what the card is I, I can show you the card so you're just fine you're going to be able to see and uh, of course it's going to reverse the image though um the reason it's bad is um i can't even pronounce that name um it is an irish <laughs> wrestler i know the last name is uh valkyrie i can tell that part yeah but what a o i f e I could do it like and a they're in WWE. Uh, yeah, this is somebody who's on um, in NXT. Now, um, the other reason it's going to be bad is there's like multiple different names for that. But anyway, hold on, hold on a second, hold on a second. I, I already spoke to Matt Willis about this, and he agreed that that could be my bad card. So I have a couple of other things instead. So I just wanted to I just had to take my hoodie off there so I could show you my nice new shirt that I got. Um, I can't have you on and not have some reference to uh, Jay White at some point. So I got my new Jay White T-shirt and I'm going with this instead. I'm going with something I got from Pro Wrestling Crate. I believe this is from January. Now, one of the things I think you'd probably quite like, I think that's uh, I think it said it's a Chris Hero autograph. That is Chris Hero. Also, uh. What was his name? Uh, Ono. Cassius Ono. Cassius Ono. But the other item that, um, and I was really struggling to get anything in time, was um, it's really difficult to get a Jay Wright card. They're really expensive. They were like $10, $15. And I was like, as much as I want to wind you up, I don't want to spend that much on just that. But anyway, I was lucky that along with that, I actually have a comic. Now, I mentioned the fact that I am not a comic person at all. Um, but when I saw this one, I had to get this one. So uh, let's have a look. I think it does say it came from the uh, wrestling crate. Uh, let's see. I may open it up inside. It does say on the front, uh, 
Henry Hardwick and the Hurt Factory. And then very clearly it mentions a few names, number one of which is uh, Jay White. And I have to admit, I haven't read it, but it was just a reason. So uh, I need some reason to talk in, about Inside Steve of White. the first page, um, what did Jay White do? That's where comics usually put their... Uh, what did his story? Oh, the story is from so page. he wrote it. Oh, Ish. I thought he appeared in it. Okay, uh, <laughs> yeah, story it, with comic books by JY and Mike King, Michael Kingston. I don't recognize that name. I got that man. with comics typically that lower left hand, lower right hand corner names. That's usually your writers, yes. Uh, art was Doug Hills, doesn't mean anything to me, of course. Uh, letters is Jacob Baskell. I don't even know what that means. Is that like choosing the font? I had no idea what that means. Uh, and the cover was from Doug Hills. But yeah, Headlocked, Tales from the Road presents. Um, but yeah, no, it was it was obvious. Once I realized, and I didn't think of it when I, I was, when I asked you if you wanted to be, if you had stuff to appear on, it, it didn't cross my mind at all. But when I was trying to think about what things I could pick, I was like, what's the most obvious bad thing for you? And it was like, J-Y. When, and whenever it gets mentioned on Good Cop, Bad Cop, we always, we always like, can you give us an update? I don't think we've had an official update from you on J-Y in quite a while. It's been at least a year. So, so I actually so. have an official, official update. Oh. Um, I was perusing Twitter before this, and, uh, you know, I I mean, at this point, it's my fault. I didn't block or mute him, so every now and then I see retweets. Uh, It's annoying, but uh, he retweeted uh, his PWT's store and just put an hourglass with a question mark, meaning... Are these only available for a short amount of time? Mm-hmm. Which to me lends credence to a WWE run because they're the company that are not going to let you have a PWT store, whereas Correct. Impact does. Correct. Yeah. So, fuck. <laughs> that leads me to believe that I will have to see that bag of dicks on national television. <laughs> It, it could be worse. Like I did suggest, where when the question was asked, like where would you like to see Jay White appear if he is leaving NJPW? And I did post Beyond Wrestling, and I did offer I will buy you a, a front row seat if Jay White appears at uh, Beyond Wrestling. I, I think you declined, if I remember correctly, but yeah, no, that would I be a lot closer not. to home. Um, it, it's funny because I don't know if I don't like Jay White. Or if I don't like the character of Jay White. Because he's been pretty much the same character for a long, long, long time. That was going to be my question. I, I can't remember. I'm sure you probably talked about it on the Blade Job show, but that's such a long time ago now. I, I couldn't there's remember. There's something about him I just don't like. And I don't know what it is. You know, but using the flip side, the other person I used to shit on constantly was Cody Rhodes. Hmm? I think from a character standpoint, Cody Rhodes going to WWE was the best thing for him. Yes. Because the white bread, all American baby face works on him so much better than whatever the hell he was in AEW. Especially because they ran that stupid angle day one that, Oh, he can't compete for the title, which was, yeah, moronic mm-hmm. like okay but you still you've had belts on kenny and the bucks pretty much the entire time mm-hmm. what's the their their executive vice presidents too 
anyways, that's uh, that's that's for a whole different show. <laughs> it, it was it was such a it was such an easy target that I had to get something with Jay White. But yeah, definitely a bad moment. I couldn't afford a legit card. Uh, oh, I could, but it was like I'm not paying that. I was like, there's no value in that at all. It would have been. Uh, I was like, no, I'd much rather get the uh, autograph of Chris Hero, which I actually would like. I do like actually. I can add that to my collection, and uh, the fact that it came with a comic as well. I could always sell the comic book later as well. So I was like, hey, that's definitely a that's definitely a good deal. And the T-shirt was pretty reasonable as well. I think the T-shirt was like twelve dollars with free shipping. So I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll get that. Oh, it's like their their back stuff, the stuff that they never put in boxes that's just sitting around their warehouse. <laughs> I, I don't um, think it came from them directly. I think it was people who subscribed to it, and they were like, "I don't want this." I'm sending you my my images right now. Oh, maybe not. I, I, I just heard my phone go, so there's definitely something. Ah, Nish guy sent me a photograph. Okay, let's have a see if I can get this up. Oh, it's got to download as well. Oh, okay. I can see the uh, I can see the packets now. So the 2022 trading cards. Oh no, is that 2022 or 2021? Should be 2021. I don't know uh, why it's not letting me send the other photo. Um, <clears throat> let's try again. I have a problem with small writing. I'm trying to click on it so I can uh, zoom in on it, but for some reason it's not downloading. But it looks like it says 2021. That is 2021. This is their first editions. Yeah. Yeah, so I have one and, from and and I got a couple like you know people who are uh, so so one thing I've been doing lately, um, I'm not going out of my way to do it, okay, but um, picking up AEW merchandise related to Cody, just uh, because okay. they're not going to make it anymore. No. Um, so I, I, I've got like a series one action figure and a, I think a series four action figure. One of them is the one with him in kind of his American nightmare gear. And one of them is him in like in a suit. Yeah. Um, but there were a couple of cards as well, you know, Cody and obviously Brandy and stuff. I'm like, okay, cool. These are, these aren't, they're not making more of these, Mm-mm. you know, especially, you know, he's, you know, I want to say he's reaching twilight, but he's definitely in more of the tail half of his career um you know there's there's probably and i'm assuming the contract he signed with wwe was not a one-year two-year deal i bet that's five years minimum i, I, I got that impression as well i'm not sure uh, if it's stated but yeah so you know you got to assume he's sticking around he's probably going to run out his career in wwe mm-hmm. um you know like you know like styles is doing styles pretty much said i did japan i did impact i did all that now I'm here with a fat paycheck and a decent travel schedule. Yeah. Done. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's you know got a broken ankle right now, but. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm looking at this thing card. So it says um, UD canvas and it looks like a different. Is that part of the ring canvas? Is that like one of those special cards? So you would, I mean, if it, if that's what they're doing, they're not advertising that. Because there's nothing on this card. It feels like painter's canvas to me. It doesn't feel rough like a ring canvas. Okay. Okay. 
if, if it is, and it's from a match that it, surely it would say on the back that he it, this is from a this is from the ring from a match that he appeared in. So and, it and I did a big match because I, I talked about one card. I, I saw it was a Booker T one, which I got just to annoy Matt, and I was like, this will probably be a big event. And it was like, this is from SmackDown on the twenty second of June, <laughs> yeah. two thousand and four or something. I was like, what? I was like, that's really random. But I was like, I guess it counts technically. But. Yeah, I, in one of the AEW packs, I got a, a Ray Phoenix T-shirt piece. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, considering, you know, most of the time they just pull off their shirts and throw them into the crowd. You know, yeah. you got to think there's probably a box at Gorilla. If they come back wearing a shirt, they throw it in there and then someone goes, oh, Ray Phoenix, cut it into little squares and sell it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. What I would do. Uh, I would too. Yeah, that definitely seems to be uh, seems to be where the money is for sure. All right. What's your wild card then? Oh, sorry, not a card. You said it wasn't a card. What's your wild item? Yeah, you know what? I think we might let you go first. <laughs> okay. All right. We'll go back to back. All right. I don't have it ready, so let me go look for it. So this is my AEW card that I picked up from a recent card show. And I actually intended giving this to Mason, and I just totally forgot to do it. Um, it got put away. I had to, I told you the other day, I got to find it. Like, it was in one of ten boxes. So this is an Ethan Page card. Uh, it's 2022 AEW. Uh, it's limited to 349. This is number 80. Uh, it's got that little refractor thing on the outside. So you got that nice little hollow effect on it. And the reason I got this was it's been we talked earlier about how quickly time goes by. And when I started to add up the fact that Jackson's even starting to forget like things like this, because um, it was pre-COVID, which to me doesn't sound that long ago. Uh, but it was the summer of 2019. So it's coming up on four years and we basically have to thank you for, for getting this interview. Uh, we had an interview with uh, Ethan Page on MGB, and I just wanted to kind of do the backstory because I, I, I think we probably talked about it a little bit at the time, but I don't know how much detail I went into. So it started from the uh, the Bitter Boys podcast, which was Ethan Page, and I forget his co-host off the top of my head. And um, pretty much this is when Ethan and his partner were having a kid. And it just seemed like every episode they started up and it was like, so have you had the kid yet? Obviously, he knew. Uh, Brett Bookhouse, I think that was the name. And Ethan would go, no, not yet, not this week. And then they'd carry on with the rest of the show. So you could send in questions, you could send in comments. And I mentioned the fact that it seems like every episode of the uh, Bit of Boys Club starts with you asking Ethan Page, has he had the kid yet? And then Ethan Page says, no, I haven't had the kid. And so he read that comment to Ethan and Ethan's like, guess what, asshole? I haven't had the kid this week either. And then Brett said, well, it's probably a good thing that he listens every week, though. And then Ethan kind of agreed with it. And he said, yeah, it is good that you listen every week. And then he apologized. He's like, I'm sorry I called you an asshole. And I think the comment that you made when I posted that story was, I wish Ethan Page would call me an asshole. And we met Franco Varga up in Delaware. And he mentioned the fact that he was going to appear in a show in North Carolina with Ethan Page. And we're like, we're going. I was like, it's the first week of the summer holidays. We are definitely going. So he was at his Before table. you finish this story, open your phone. Oh, open Twitter. Geez. Oh, geez. And continue your story because. Okay. <laughs> oh, hold on. Where, what am I looking at? I'm looking at Twitter messages. Oh, Twitter messages. Okay. Uh... <laughs> All right. So you got the you have the item in place. Okay. So um, yeah, we went across and talked to him, 
And uh, we we said we, we he knew we were going to be there because Mason was wearing his shirt. We posted a picture of that shirt and he retweeted it. And Ethan Page is one of the first people we actually saw on the Indies outside of Nova Pro. We were up in Cleveland that first Christmas and we went to an oh gosh, I was getting mixed up AIW show. And we got to see a ton of big names that we hadn't as good as Nova Pro was. This was something kind of like a step up, like uh, Swoggle was there. Ethan Page was there. There was a lot of different people. Uh, EC3 was there in place of, I can't remember who was supposed to be there, but it was way better to see EC3. There was a lot of big names. So we saw Ethan Page there, came a fan, and then we saw him at this one. So we mentioned the fact, look, we already have your autograph. Um, we want to get this uh, this autograph. This is what the picture you sent me was. Um, can you make this out to a friend of ours um, who has a podcast as well? And um, basically saying, uh, you're an asshole, signed Ethan Page. Because And I thought it would be funny just to kind of send that to you. And I can't remember the exact wording that we mentioned, but I think we talked about the fact that pretty much you were responsible for Mason having his podcast. Because I think I can't remember if he asked us how. Anyway, how come? And then he turned around and he's like, you have a podcast? He's like, can I appear on your podcast? <laughs> and of course, Mason was, as 10-year-old Mason was, or 11-year-old Mason was like, uh, like, didn't know what to say totally lost for words and he's like um yeah and when we weren't sure if it was going to be it's like look no one's here at all i'm not selling any merch come on let's go outside and um we'll record it and that's pretty much what we did uh we recorded a 10 minute interview um ethan could not have been any more personable the fact that he donated his time <laughs> screw like screw the merch stand i don't care i just want to i just want to appear on your show and um, he does his vlog as well so i think he recorded a little bit uh, and posted that on his vlog as well and he made sure we mentioned the name. So he's like, go ahead and go check out the MGB Wrestling Podcast. I don't think we had a huge jump in numbers or anything. But like he was including Jackson in the conversation. He turned the interview around, starts asking me some questions. And it was just um, it was just a really cool moment. Um, I think that that's probably going to be the biggest name that we will. Now the MGB appears to be finished. I think that will probably be the biggest name that we interview. Um, at that time, the one question is like, um, Dad can ask a question. He said, but the one question you can't ask is, am I going to join AEW? Because that was the question that everyone was asking at that time. I was like, no, 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 that's not the question I was going to ask. Um, and then, of course, he did go on to AEW. And it's somebody we kind of track and we kind of always rooting for just because he was a really good guy. So it made sense to dig this card out one more time. Uh, just to talk about it a little bit more. But yeah, if if you hadn't casually mentioned that, just a really dumb throwaway remark. I, I, that's the thing I always find interesting. Things that are the least planned often turn out to be the best things. So a throwaway comment I mentioned, a, a comment I mentioned on Twitter, you responded to it. I was like, oh, this would be funny if I did this. And suddenly it resulted in a an interview with Ethan Page. No, for sure. And actually that was going, that autograph was going to be my bad card. Oh, that was my gag. Was? I was gonna. That's why I had the picture ready. I did wonder. I was like, oh, perhaps he just has it on the side, and I'm walking. Uh, it's actually, and... it's actually right next to me too, just <laughs> because like, I pulled it out to take the photo of it. So it's just on a table to my right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I was, I was gonna do a whole spiel about how that's my bad card because, you know, some. <laughs> Some washed up AEW wrestler decided he wanted to to call me an asshole, blah blah. <laughs> but no, for real. Like I, you know, I've, I I never really got personable with him, but I, I've met him on a, a few occasions at uh, Wrestling Has a Tomorrow and Beyond. And he's all. You're right though. He's always just a very personable, friendly guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like he definitely did not have to do that. 
Like yeah. he could have just said, oh, that's it's like, oh, you have a podcast at your age. That's really cool. And then we would have gone back. We'd have got a picture with him and we would have been quite happy with that interaction. But yeah, no, the fact that he just left all his merch there and we just went outside and uh, it was a it was a fun time. I, I'm j- I just remember from the video footage that I could see, like I just had a big smile on my face the whole time. So I was like, this is so cool for the um, for the kids. And I, I know Mason being put on the spot. So he's like, so who's your favorite wrestler? And likes to be honest, obviously it's Roman Reigns, but like I don't know, he just suddenly it was that boyhood being in awe, and suddenly like, is this really happening? It, it, it's just a really oh, yeah. cool. It, it, it's it's a huge moment, especially like the first time, you know, when you're younger, if you meet a wrestler, like it's it's big when you meet a wrestler in general because you know, especially as a kid, they're big, they're bulky, yeah. they're you know, they're wrestlers. But then when yeah. you meet like someone from WCW or WWF or AEW or EC, you know, someone you've seen on TV, it's completely different. You know, it's, it's, yeah, I, the, the first big one I met was Goldberg back in, you know, 97 or something like that. And, and I was like 13 or something like that. Oh my goodness. And just yeah. like I was, you know, I was blown away, you know, sure. like, you know, but then, you know, as you get older, it's just they're people, you know, they're just it's just another dude, you know, mm-hmm. like <clears throat> I've done illicit substances with people who may or may not be signed to the world wrestling entertainment. <laughs> it happens, <laughs> you know, uh-huh. like. You know, but but it, it's a lot different when you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, whatever. You know, you're just meeting a person who happens to do something kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that's how I've always been, you know, I, I, like we said at the beginning, you know, I, I, I was <clears throat> planning on, on going into film work, you know, and I did a lot of work in the film industry and I was around a lot of famous people. They, they, they just people. <laughs> You know, except for Kevin Sorbo, he's a fucking asshole. For for the younger listeners, he played Hercules in the '90s, and it was awful. I hate him. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> if I could, and I didn't have one, I was actually my first thought was when I was doing the wild card because I wanted something that was that we had a connection between, so I could talk about that. And um, was actually trying to find something with Mick Foley. I, I was going to see if Mason still had his uh, Mister Socko that I got from him because um, that was actually the last episode of the Rivalry series. Episode two in season two was um, Undertaker and uh, Mankind, and I did think, and it's then it coming. I suddenly realized, I was like, oh my gosh, that's coming up to the. Uh, 25th anniversary of that so i was like oh shoot that must have been five years ago that i went to that event. and i was like that's right because it was mgb's like five years old now so i was going to look for that because i know that anyone who appeared on i think the first season of mgb we sent them a, a signed mick foley book i have no idea why that kind of even came to be a thing but yeah so i was going to look for something with mick foley but in the end I, I i don't think i have anything or if i do i can find it easily I, I, um, I, still, with Ethan Page. I still sit by i have Four or five pieces of, you know, personally autographed, not like mass produced autographs. Yes. Yeah. Mick Foley memorabilia. Mm-hmm. And I have never met Mick. <laughs> I have never 
met him. I've never, you know, I've been in the same room as him, but they've been yeah. large arenas. Yeah. Um, I, I, it just, you know, I've got an autographed uh, Cactus Jack shirt. I've got in uh, his first book autographed. I've got an autographed Mr. Sacco around here somewhere. And none of them were from, you know, his like his Sacco sale or, or any of his fundraisers or anything. I, I, I don't know how I keep getting these things, but I do. And I've never met him. I've never spoken to him. Yeah, I found out afterwards the day that I was there, he said he actually had the I don't know if he said he had the flu. But he was really sick and um, he just kind of showed. So he was under the weather that day. So to have to meet with people in the ring for like an hour and a half before, have a quick anecdote or have a quick conversation, um, sign an autograph and then sign an item. Because you could take in any item you wanted to and um, get a picture with him and then have to do a talk that went on for, I don't know, 90 minutes, two hours or something. Um, that's got to be that's got to suck if you. Well, I mean, like, compared to what he was doing before, though. <laughs> like, I guess so. I guess so. You know, because I've been I've been watching the the WWF. I started uh, the night after WrestleMania 12, which is the okay. debut of Mankind. Mm-hmm. That was my deciding factor. I was trying to because I was like, I'm not watching WWF as a whole. That's just too much. Yeah. yeah. So I got to find a spot, and I was like, oh, a night after WrestleMania. That sounds good because it's like the new season. Yeah. And then I was like, when does, so I was like, oh, when does Raw's war debut? Like when, when, when is that transition to the attitude era? When is this? When is that? And I was like, when does Foley debut? And it was, oh, the night after WrestleMania 12. And I went play. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm just going into bad blood 90, 90, or I'm sorry. It was uh WrestleMania. So it was, that was in 96. I'm going into bad blood 97, hell in a cell undertaker and Shawn Michaels. Mm-hmm. So I'm getting to the good stuff. But it's what's cool to me, going back to McFoley, <clears throat> is if I continue this, if I if I continue watching this as I'm doing all the way to WrestleMania 2000, that will be his entire full-time WWF career. Because oh. after 2000, okay. he just did onesie-twosies. You know, that was, he retired at No Way Out, and then he came back for WrestleMania, and that was it. He wasn't really a full-time performer anymore. Four years. Four years. That's all. But it's such a legendary career. Yeah. But four years. You know, same thing with Austin. Austin's in WWF for, what, six years tops as a full-time performer? Lesnar. Lesnar was there for, what, two years? <laughs> you know? But we think about these like legendary careers. Mick Foley is one of them. Granted, he had, you know, WCW, ECW, Japan. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, off topic, off topic. So that's the whole point. (laughs) That's the whole point. Start Start the conversation off and then see where it goes. I need to send you photos one more time for my wild card. Oh, okay. My wild card. I'm going to send you another one as I get into it. Uh, This is a small amount. Uh, My wild card is my wrestling video game collection. Mm. In which I am on a journey to collect every professional wrestling video game that has ever been made. Oh, is that why you... Because I mentioned the fact that I was at Goodwill for the week and that they had um, a certain game. I asked Matt Willis, I was like, is this worth buying? 
and he never responded so i didn't buy it and then you mentioned the fact that um did you get it and i was like no i didn't get it so the funny thing is i haven't decided if the uh vhs games count um or the plug and play games yeah um but after seeing that photo in my brain i'm kind of like well i mean technically it is and i've got some obscure shit anyways the box um, was cool, but it's just not that old. The actual product itself, I think, was 2017. Like, if it would have been a product from, like, early 2000s or something, I probably would have snapped it up straight away. But the fact that it was a copy of something from that era, but it was in 2017, was what I kind of held off from. It, it was only it was only $10. It wasn't, like, a massive amount, but I just have, I guess say, I have no idea. I was like, I don't know if... It might be that I don't know if you looked like if you looked on eBay, is it possible to get them for like five dollars? I don't know. I might have been it, massively overpriced for all I know. Yeah, it, and it probably is. I, you know, I, I go I, I surf eBay once or twice a week just looking for the the the, the, the killer deal, um, you know, and that's it's. I I'm a bargain bin hunter. I'm a you know, because. A lot of places, wrestling games are considered, you know, they're sports games. Yeah. And they become just space. They're just taking up space. So a lot of the times they get discounted a decent amount if they still have them. And they sit, you know, I found stuff at the dollar store for the collection. Because there's, you know, something for, you know, a console from 10 years ago that's just sitting on a shelf somewhere. Someone's just looking to make a buck off of it. You know, five bucks, ten bucks, whatever. Um, and you know, a lot of my my games in my collection, they're not about you know appreciating value. They're more about well, this is a personal thing now. I'm trying to do. I want to say I have every single one. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the picture I sent you, that's that's not even close to to, to what I have. Okay, so um, what percentage would you say that this is then? Uh, so this is, like, this is like two shelves worth of stuff, I would say. Yeah, two shelves of a. I think it's a. I think it's a three foot bookshelf. Okay. Um. I. I would say this might be fifty percent of what I have now. Okay. There's still a lot. I would say I, I I'm, for some reason it won't let me download the picture. Like I can see the picture, but if I try and click on it to make it bigger, it, it's right now. It's just saying no. I don't know if my internet's bad or whatever. So, but it's kind of difficult to tell exactly. But it looks like on that bottom shelf, if I had to estimate, there looks like there's at least 25 different games there. Yeah, and, and that and that bottom shelf is, you know, a lot of those are the, the the games that i still have the packaging for so they're a mm-hmm. lot easier to put on a shelf whereas the top shelf um you can see it's a lot of it's a lot of loose stuff it's a lot of japanese stuff um yeah. where just the pack you know i can the, the nice thing is about <clears throat> um japanese retro games the, the the japanese are a lot better at taking care of especially games like they keep the packages they keep the instruction manuals they keep all of that and you mm-hmm. can go to a second hand game store in japan and just like you would buy a playstation 5 game today you could pick up a boxed 
super Famicom, super Nintendo game off the shelf. It might not be brand new, but it's going to have the box. It's going to have the inserts. It's going to have all of that. Um, I don't know. You can't see in the photo. On the very top shelf, there's a, a boxed uh, Japanese um, game. That's It's not wrestling, so I didn't bother including it. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, this is this is this is a a part of it. But the the real one, this is my true wild card, is the prize of my collection. And I just sent that over, and it is a copy of Title Match Pro Wrestling. Oh, for the Atari Twenty Six Hundred. Mm-hmm. That is a brand new sealed copy. From 1982, I want to say. Still in the cellophane and everything. Brand spanking new. And in fantastic condition. I was going to say, that looks... Uh, I'm going to say, that looks in really good condition. Because normally things like that are going to get... 40 years later, they're going to get some dents or some creases. Or they're going to get something. But the colors are really have, still striking. I got, I got a good deal on it. Because the... I think it's the upper right-hand corner. Uh, does have some damage to the corner. Uh, so it is not a mint, mm-hmm. but to find an Atari game in the box, let alone sealed, yeah. is not. Luckily, nobody liked this game. Nobody wanted this game. So it's not something. I mean, I've seen them. I've seen sealed ones for like three, four, five hundred dollars. Oof. Um, I think yeah. I got this one for under a hundred because mm-hmm. it was slightly damaged. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is, this has been my, uh, this has been my, my goal, um, or at least my quest for, for the past couple of years. Um, just kind of whenever I see something, you know, I'm a big, you know, flea market, uh, yard sale kind of thing. Whenever I see something <coughs> within reason, I try to pick it up, um, yeah. You know, it's it's getting tough, um, obviously, especially with a lot of the older stuff. You stuff in your, you know, late 80s, early 90s, um, Nintendo and Super Nintendo. Finding them with the boxes uh, is, is very difficult. Um, you can see, uh, you probably can't because you can't open it all the way. Yeah, it's been annoying. You would definitely have more games on that bottom shelf. I could see on the bottom half of that picture, you can see the the second sh- the second shelf a lot clearer. Yeah, I way underestimated twenty five. Twenty five is way too few. There's way more than that. I can see that now. Yeah, and and if, if you all the way on the left, um, I'm sure I'm assuming this photo you like to post the photos. Um, you know, there's a couple SNES ones. I've got Super WrestleMania and Royal Rumble on the Super Nintendo. Still got the boxes for those. Um, and I've got uh, No Mercy, Warzone, and NW, uh, WCW versus the World. I'm sorry, World Tour. Mm-hmm. I've got the boxes for those. I actually do have the box for WCW Revenge as well, mm-hmm. but it's not uh, not pictured because the box is autographed by Goldberg and Kevin Nash. So Hello. that is in a storage container protected from all elements. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, that, that that's that's kind of my wild card. It's just oh, I just realized that you got a lot of junk on the side of that photo too. I gotta take better photos. Um, yeah, <laughs> I can no, drop the photo. <laughs> I mean, it's it's whatever you can you can see uh, in the the very lower right hand corner. You can see my three faces of Foley 
WWF action figure set that had an action figure of Cactus Jack, Mankind, and Dude Love. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I want when I meet him. That's what I want him to sign. Oh, sure. Yeah. It's not in great condition. It still has a KB Toys sticker on it. Um, uh-huh. And they've been out of business for, what, at least 15 years. Uh-huh. I just noticed something looking at the um, the autograph from Ethan Page. So with being around a then 11-year-old, I obviously didn't say asshole. I said a-hole. But I figured he would know the, what I was talking about. So when he wrote your message, he actually used a-hole. He didn't he actually did. write asshole. But that was what I was – in my head, that's what I wanted him to write. But, hey, it, it still works. You know what? Next time I run into him, I'll, just be, <laughs> I'll, I'll shove it in his face and be like, hey, if you're you going to call me an <laughs> asshole, call me an asshole. <laughs> Yep. So nope. yeah, that's 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 my wild card. That's uh, it's it's pretty much what I what I spend my life looking for at this point. I don't collect a lot of stuff. I do like I've got if you if you ever wanted to do a special episode just about wrestling memorabilia, mm-hmm. I can give you two hours of content, no problem. <laughs> uh, consider yourself booked. I do want to talk. I don't say in the, uh, an upcoming episode. I do want to talk to you about Final Fantasy because I have those cards now. But um, yeah, no, that's definitely uh, if people have things they want to talk about specifically. Yeah, like I said, I, I, I'm totally misnamed this podcast by calling it cards at the start was um, a terrible decision, which I realized very quickly. It's more about the collecting. I think that's the the important thing. Like, why do you choose to collect what you want to collect about? And obviously, by choosing something that people collect, obviously it's something that they're passionate about. And then that's obviously a positive thing. So that's the I think that's where the stories come from. We don't normally talk about those stories on our own kind of podcast, really. It's just too specific. Like to talk it about is. a specific, very specific piece of memorabilia, you've got to try and shoehorn that into the conversation. But obviously on a podcast like this, when we're talking about things that we collect, obviously it's far easier to actually do that. So that was kind of the other reason why it, it seemed like a, a good idea to go in very, very specific and give people a free choice to talk about those things that they want to talk about and why did they pick those items. And that's kind of the thing that I like. Like, um, with the exception of showing you that one card, like, I didn't know what to, you didn't know what I was going to talk about. And I didn't really know what you were going to talk about, except I knew you bought some AEW cards. And that's what I kind of like. Um, I don't need, you don't need the notes. You you build on just like in a normal conversation. What other people are saying to you while you're listening? listening to them so it, i don't know if it's just laziness on my part as well but it seems to work well no it's, it's it's a brilliant way to do it and i think that you know maybe it's just my style because you know my style as well as anyone i feel a lot of podcasts out there are so stringent you know with with, with their we're going from this segment to this segment to this segment to this segment to this segment and and like and this is no disrespect to any of them, but I, I sometimes can't listen to those kinds of podcasts because it's just like it's like I'm watching the news, okay. you know. And, so, and I I feel like hold on, hold on. That sounds like good cop bad cop. No, <laughs> no. I, 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 I'm gonna I'm gonna tell gonna you exactly why. Bad cop moments. Devil's advocate. <laughs> so. I feel the I, I feel like that system, that segment one, segment two, segment three, works great for video. I really do. Uh-huh. I you know, especially when you're editing, when you're cutting in transitions and stuff like that. Um, like what uh um what Cy and Mags do with with chain. Yes, chain wrestling. Like yeah. you know, they've got their little 
you know, videos that they play in between their segments, and and it works really, really well. I could not listen to Chain Wrestling as an audio podcast. Mainly, yeah, A, because I bad. need to see yeah. Mag's beautiful face because he has abandoned Twitter entirely. Uh-huh. Um, you know, it, it's just, it wouldn't work for me. Um, Good Cop, Bad Cop works as an audio podcast with those types of segments because just like this, I don't know what my devil advocate is going to be. I don't know what your good cop moment's going to be. I don't know what your bad cop moment's going to be. There's room for discussion. There's room for tangents. There's room for all that stuff, which is what makes podcasting fun. Do you think I ever had a goddamn script? Do you think I had notes for anything that I did? Our, some of our longest episodes were, you know, an hour and a half, two hours long. Zero preparation. Yeah. Just bring up a like our pre-show meetings were the four of us standing outside probably chain smoking cigarettes and drinking caffeine to come up with one idea and then we took that one idea and we ran with it oh i lost you again no you here you here i I can hear you now i just lost you i got to uh caffeine and then i lost you yeah, but that's what we do. Chain smoke cigarettes, drink caffeine, and come up with at least one idea. And then we would turn <laughs> that into an hour and a half, two hours. Uh-huh. And that's how it worked every single time. Every single time. Well, once you've done that, though, once, and you know that it works, then it's fine. I, I'm all, I was always, it took me four years to kind of feel comfortable with actually doing that I, I was always the over preparer and i shared that last week i always had to have plenty of, but n- now i can say i'm okay like i had minimal stuff for today and the the earlier like I, it didn't bother me at all that that's not what was needed and I, i've already mentioned i'm recording with matt tomorrow and i haven't watched any wrestling this week at all i, I watched the 10 minute highlights of what happened on raw and that's it and i'm not stressed about it at all i, I have things i can talk about so it's uh, yeah it all worked out fine but <laughs> it, 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 I, I was not that type of personality though that felt comfortable doing that to begin with and now i know that it's kind of like it'll work we'll, we'll go off on tangents Matt will say something i'll have something to respond to that um i'll have something to say he'll have something to respond to it and it works it works just fine it's better not to be over and it, it, it works so well for something like good cop bad cop as you mentioned a couple episodes ago if you at least don't have some preparation if you don't do it right now and you talk about what's happening right now, it's irrelevant 20 minutes later. Yeah. Yeah. Wrestling oh, it, it is. It moves we, so quickly. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. uh, weren't people two days ago mad because they thought Vince was booking WrestleMania? I haven't seen a single pe- person mention it over the past like, 24 hours. Yeah. People have been losing their shit over that. <laughs> You you think that you think that Triple yeah. H is in at least no, talking to Vince? <laughs> like obviously he's yeah, talking. Yeah, we to record him. forty-eight hours before 
So it, that's not going to work for us at all. So it's much better we talk about just random stuff or what happened a week ago or just overlying arcs or, or whatever. And I'm, I'm always more interested in the human angle anyway than specific storylines. I'm more interested in what happens to people or their interactions with people. I still always find that stuff way more interesting. And I don't know if that's just the indie side of me, having seen that those connections with people and why I love indie so much. I don't know if that's really what resonates more with that than perhaps the WWE side, where you see those characters on TV, but, like, I don't know anything about Seth Rollins. I've had no interactions with him. I have no idea what he's like as a person at all. So I don't know if that's why I'm perhaps not as interested in that. I don't know. I, I can tell you that he has had sex with Becky Lynch at least once. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's from Iowa, which <laughs> means he's probably a very boring person. Uh-huh. Um... And his real name is what Colby? It's not even a I real think name. So. Uh-huh. That's that's it. He likes CrossFit. Oh, I didn't know that. There you go. I'm learning something already. Yeah. No, that it, makes it, sense. But that's the thing, is you know, talking about that's why I think with the blade job, we did so many episodes where we just talked about a wrestler's career as opposed to what they were doing right now. Because what they're doing right now doesn't matter tomorrow. Doesn't matter the day after, doesn't matter the day after. You know, like you know, I, I hate to say it, but Sami Zayn, he was the main event two weeks ago. He ain't mm-hmm. the main event anymore. Wrestling has moved. He I is. hope he's going to be. I'm going to SmackDown tomorrow with Jackson in D.C. I'm hoping that Sami Zayn's going to be. There. I am not going to Raw on Monday in Boston. Because <laughs> it's way easier to watch it at home. <laughs> I forgot I'd bought the tickets. I genuinely forgot. I remember looking, but I don't remember clicking buy. Yeah. And then when I got that email reminding me, I was like, oh, shoot. Good job you sent me an email because I totally I'll, forgot. I'll go to Worcester. I won't go to Boston. Well, that makes sense. That's a lot closer. Yeah. yeah Worcester, I can I can, I can, can get to the show, park, go to the show, get back, and that's it. Boston, yeah. I, there's tolls, there's parking, like... You know, I, I mean, I grew up in Worcester, though. I know where I can park and not have to pay for it. <laughs> you know, like. Yeah, that's the thing that's kind of stinging me. I have a feeling I'm probably going to be paying $15, $20 to park tomorrow. And it's like, ugh. like, I know I can get free parking for, I think it's three hours. And I think that's what happened when Mason and I actually missed uh, The Undertaker appearing at SmackDown 1000. I we parked early and it was like, please appear early, please appear. And then he didn't. And I was like, we got to go. So I'm going to get a ticket. So. See, I don't know how DC um, works, but in Worcester, in Worcester, the, uh, the, the meter maids go home at five o'clock. Uh-huh. And I think the, 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 the meters say that. I think it's after 6 p.m. parking is free. That's even good if it if isn't. Do that. Yeah. yeah, in DC, there. They're a little bit more, yeah, they're not going to let you get away with that. Everything's you got to pay. So, But if you can get those ones on the meters, it's a lot cheaper. It's like $1.50 an hour, I think it is. So it was like $5 for three hours as opposed to 15 or 20 So I, I took it. And in the end, it wasn't that good of a performance. He came out for like two minutes. It, besides that, it wasn't good. And we got to see him later at um, somewhere in Philadelphia. I don't know what event it was. We got to see the whole thing, and Jackson was with us for that one. So it, it all worked out well. But I would have felt bad if I had deprived Mason of seeing a, an Undertaker entrance at least once in his career. Yep. I feel deprived that I've been to one WrestleMania and The Undertaker performed while it was still light out. Oh. Yep. Oh I was so God. excited That's for an Undertaker and a Triple H entrance at WrestleMania, and they both happened while it was still light out. 
and that ruined the whole entrance for me. The sun didn't go down. I think the sun went down during Lesnar's entrance for the main event. Wow, wow. that's terrible. But luckily, yeah. it was down for Seth Rollins cashing in and uh, winning, and all the pyro that went on with that. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's <laughs> that's definitely a bad cop moment right there. Not getting to yep. see all the, uh, I think, the full effects that naturally go with that entrance. And I think that was the first time I had seen Dead Man Undertaker live too. Oh, that's because the first I to. the first WWF show I think he was at that I was at I think he was already American Badass, uh, and yeah. I didn't really uh, I don't know I'd have to think about that. That's a good yeah. cop bad cop conversation. Yeah, it's not quite the same. It's definitely not the same. No, it isn't. Uh, and that was Triple H's Terminator entrance, where all he did was kind of hold up robot heads. And I was like, what is this? That's not a Triple H WrestleMania entrance. That's like getting a, a Pepsi when you're expecting a Moxie. It's just not going to... I know. Just I'm, gonna, I, I got gonna one cook. left in the fridge. I'm going to drink it. It's going to be delicious. <laughs> hey, this is normally the point where we wrap it up. And this is normally where I give you a chance to promote. Um, there was no episode of the Blade Job in uh, 2022. It looked like there was going to be one in December. You're going to keep your streak going of one episode per year, which I think you did one in 2021 and possibly one in 2020, but it didn't happen. Um, I know you do have your streaming channel, though, so I'm not sure how much content you're putting out nowadays. But I, you're free to promote anything that you like at this point. I am still in between content. Uh, I don't know what it is. I think I'm having difficulty deciding on what I want to do and what I want to focus on. I've got all the equipment. I've got all the ideas. But an issue I was having during the Blade job was I wanted to do too many things. And so I'm having I'm having difficulty deciding on what one thing I want to do as opposed to what okay. five things. I'm trying not to become Matt Willis. Um, you know, like he does a lot. I, I kind of got to stay quiet a little bit because now I'm doing, I, I keep telling him I don't have any time and I'm doing good cop, bad cop. I'm doing JGB with Jackson because he wants to do that. Like, I can't turn those down. And then now I decided to add this in. And last year during the summer, I had um, good, good, bad baseball as well. So I got to be I got to stay a little quiet. But I, at least I decided with this one, I made one good decision. I said I was only going to do it every two weeks. And then that kind of feels like I'm not stretching it too much. And it gives me well, time. This is also this is also timeless content. You, there's there's really no time frame. You can record it whenever you want and then release it whenever you want. It doesn't matter. That's, that that's the beauty of it. <laughs> that, that is one thing. We like we'll talk a little bit about what's happening, but it's not going to be like oh gosh that happened three weeks ago. It like it's still it kind of it frames where it was recorded, but it's not integral for like the whole the whole listen to the whole thing. But no, yeah. I, I kind of like that side of it that you can listen back to it at any point or that's why i tend to put the catch-up things as well hey if you haven't heard this one you might just want to go back and listen to some of the other ones as well because they're, they're still going to be uh, as relevant as what they were the day they were recorded so i do kind of like that and and that's the that's the beauty of this i really you know as soon as i saw you post this i was like oh that's that's good because it, there's no there's no haste to it it's just we do it when we do it you know, and yeah. and and that's and that's brilliant. And that was that was one of the reasons why I stepped away in general was because it, it was it's just too much. People who keep up to date 
with their podcasts on the going ons. I mean, I, I can only imagine how hard it is for people who do AEW podcasts or WWE podcasts or Impact podcasts. And I already feel bad for them. And then there's a bunch of people who do twice a week and they cover everything and they cover WWE, they cover AEW. I don't have time to watch WWE and AEW, let mm-hmm. alone Impact and Ring of Honor and MLW and NWA and everything on IWTV and everything on Fight Plus. Mm-hmm. I don't have time for that. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make a decision for this Sunday, as you said, this is March 2nd, um, mm-hmm. because I can't decide if I want to watch AEW Revolution or if I want to watch the new episode of The Last of Us. Because I kind of want to watch that because I'm a big fan of the story and I want to see where it goes. Well, I mean, I know where it goes, but I want to see how emotionally devastating they can be to me this week. Um, because that's what they do. They like to make me cry. And that's fine. <laughs> um, but, but you know, like, there's, uh, I've got a buddy who watches everything. He watches Raw, NXT, Dynamite, SmackDown, Rampage, Impact. He just subscribed to Honor Club so he can watch the new Ring of Honor show. He watches oh uh, New Japan on Access after after Impact. Uh, he watches I Impact like 60. He 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 yes. watches he watches all of that, and I think it's crazy. And he just watched the entirety of WCW starting at the first Nitro. He watched oh every single Nitro, oh. every single Thunder, and every single pay per view. Like he just got to oh. I now own WCW, and he's like, "That's a good stopping point." Yeah, yeah. that's a lot. You know, but I can't even like I two weeks ago I fell asleep during Raw, not because it was bad, because I was tired. <laughs> it was until eleven. I, I I don't watch Raw. Um, I just watch the highlights. I don't have three hours. Uh, but I do. I do enjoy watching SmackDown on a Friday night now. Now now I have access. Now I've got access to cable again. Um, that is something I enjoy watching. So yeah, no, yeah that's the only one. I really it's 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 insane to keep up with wrestling. Uh, I, I have all of the respect in the world to people who can do it. Um, I just can't anymore, especially because I do have other interests. I do have other hobbies. That, that's the thing. Like last summer, it was like now Jackson was getting back into watching baseball. Like that that became a thing. So uh, and to me now, watching this college baseball team that we're watching, it feels like what I was doing with Mason on watching going to Nova Pro. Like you see the same faces each week. They're slightly different stories, but you can comment on what your experience is with that. And it's kind of like that with this baseball team. Like when we first went, we didn't know any of them. Now we recognize their faces. Like we'll talk to them. Um, you kind of see them developing as players, just like you see the wrestlers develop and hoping some point they'll move on to the next stage. But I, I like that. I do like that that very specific focus where you're looking at one thing. But yeah, I can't just do that. I can't just do wrestling. Like I need to have on those other fields as well. I need to have that baseball field. I need to have some TV shows besides that as well. Like there's other oh, things yeah. I want to watch. Oh, for sure. So you make your sacrifices. But yeah, no, I'm not I'm not trying to keep up with everything. Um but I know that times there are more I, there was more that I would like to watch, but I just don't physically have the time. But I know when I'm on holiday that does give me that type of option. Or which has been really fortunate this last month, if I'm sick, <laughs> if I'm sick, I can sit in a chair and I can watch 14 hours of television, no problem. Yeah, it's just, uh, last night, um, I had two options. Uh, it was 8 o'clock. 
I like to uh, I like to wind down around eight o'clock. Uh, you know, it's not bedtime, but it might be sit in bed and watch TV time. Sure. Um, and I had two options. I could watch AEW Dynamite, mm-hmm. or I could watch Monday Night Raw from October of two th- or of 1997. I chose Monday Night Raw of 97 because I don't have to fully pay attention to this. I've already seen it. Yes. <laughs> I'm only really kind of tuning in for the big moments. I don't really give a shit about Savio Vega versus the Patriot. I don't care. But Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker? Oh, cool. now I'm interested. Yeah. You know, um, the really awkward storyline of Brian Pillman kidnapping and very heavily implying that he did some dirty things with Marlena. Boy. You know, like, I don't really need to necessarily pay attention to that. Um, But I definitely pay attention when all of a sudden it's Shawn Michaels and Taker and Hell in a Cell. I pay attention when all of a sudden there's a random main event of Raw uh, that was... This is the main event of Monday Night Raw. Mankind and The Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels and Triple H. Okay. Like, that was a random main event back then. Yeah. But now you're going, oh, shit. Definitely. Yeah, that'll get you your know, attention in a hurry. So, so, you know, but keeping track, like, you know, I know what happened on Dynamite. I know what's going on. You know, I, I missed a couple SmackDowns a couple weeks ago because I was just busy. Mm-hmm. But I know what's going on. Yeah. You know, I, I could barely tell you what's happening in Impact. I don't have him. I have no way to watch Impact. So I just have to. Isn't it just on YouTube? Live? Oh, the, uh, Twitch, sorry? Isn't it on Twitch? No, they don't do Twitch anymore. Access doesn't let them. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Unless they started doing it again, but I follow yeah, them on Twitch, and I haven't seen them live. Either okay. way, though, it, it's it's very, very difficult to to kind of keep up, you know, with, with, with wrestling. And, and I think that's why I stopped podcasting in general. Um, but that's why I love, you know, my relationship that I have with you and with Matt and with, you know, Mags. Um, there's always somewhere, you know, I could go, you know, I can always scratch the itch if I need to. All I got to do is say, hey, who needs someone? Uh-huh. Because I also know how podcasting works. You say we're recording on Friday and then all of a sudden Matt goes, oh, I can't. I got to go make some soup, you know, like <laughs> and you're like, oh, what do I do? But you've got this support system that you can reach out and, you know, I'll be there. Mags will be there. Uh, Dan Griffin will be there. Um Michael will be there. You know, one of us will be there. Uh, That's it. That's it. And on multiple occasions when it doesn't, we'll just go, that's fine. We just don't have have to put everything out every week. And we weren't originally supposed to put anything out this week. And then we were like, oh, yeah, we can do it. We'll just put a show out for an hour. But, yeah, it it all works out good. Um, But long story short, you can follow me on Twitter at NishGuy. Uh-huh. Literally the only plug I have. No TikTok or anything like that? Not doing that I have one. I just don't understand it. <laughs> I don't understand I, it. I, I, don't, I don't get it. I have it so I can support my friends who use it, so I can follow them okay. and like their shit. Um, cool. I don't get it. Uh, apparently, right now, the cool thing is to try to show your boobs on a platform where you're not supposed to show your boobs. <laughs> uh, that seems to be the latest trend. Um, I don't get it. I mean, I'm not going to complain. I'm, you know, I'm not going to be like, hey, stop doing that. Um, but 
I mean, okay. if you're just trying to get away, get around someone's moderation, um, I don't understand why you're using their platform. Just go to Twitter. Twitter doesn't care. You post whatever you want. You really can. Unless Elon, pl- Elon decides to clamp down on that stuff. but uh, He's not going to clamp down on porn Twitter. That's what's making him money. <laughs> I guess that's what it's all about in the end. Ryan, thank you so much again. Um, I, I guess I was surprised. I knew when I joked when you asked, like, how long does this go on? I, we mentioned the fact that Matt Willis's was the longest episode at an hour, shocker. And um, I said it was possible it could probably go over that. And, yeah, sure enough, there you go. You've set the record. But it gives Matt a challenge. It gives him a bit of a challenge when he makes his second yeah, and, appearance. And, and then I can come back, and I'll do I'll do three hours. We'll do the we'll do the marathon one. Um, that's probably what I need over the summer. Like if there's a week where I can't do it, I can just do Nishkai Part One, Nishkai Part Two, and there we go. I'll have like an hour for each episode and all. What, what you should do, we should get it set up. You know, like four of us, we go live, <laughs> and we just go, and it's just good card, bad card, wild card, good card, bad card, wild card, and we just go until we run out of stuff to talk about. I think it would work fine on video format because you can physically show the card. Like I just post them as afterwards because it works as promotional but i think it would work fine on video as well but yeah you, yeah, who you, knows? you set up, you set up good 50. card bad card live and i'm there I'm, I'm there with bells on all right sounds good all right that'll do it for this week no idea who next week's guest is i have three people who've said they're going to appear and um, i haven't managed to formalize anything yet so you just have to wait and see maybe it's me again who knows <laughs>